from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. And I'm Jamidra. And we're two of the hosts of The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. Today we are lucky to be joined by friend of the podcast, comedian, amazing all-around person, Luna Malbro. Hey! Hey Luna, Hi. welcome back. Thank it's you. been almost so, a year. I'm so happy to be back. Oh, I'm excited too. Me too. So let's start things off with what you've been working on recently. It's something called Mapping Privilege, and KQED Pop is actually collaborating with you and presenting that to the world, and it just launched. So tell us about the project. Yeah, I'm so excited about it, especially the first edition is out already. So basically, I had the feeling over the past year there was a lot of talk about isms and privilege and identity, but I felt like something was lacking. And I felt it was the more personal piece, like mm-hmm. the the storytelling behind it, because I feel like there's a lot of talk about racism or, you know, statistics or how things are shaping up in institutions. But there's not a lot of talk about how people live with that every day. And there's a lot of different isms, right? There's how we subscribe gender to people and mm-hmm. how people deal with like ageism and ableism and all these different things. So I really wanted to kind of just go around and start talking to people and understand How do they deal with other people's projections of identity upon them? Mm -hmm. And how does that reflect their reality and how they see themselves? So it's been a lot of me sitting down with folks and talking about their lives. And it's taken me uh, not quite across the country yet, but uh, all over the west side of the country. And I'm excited to keep on trucking. I'm wondering, like, so far within the course of your research, if there have been any isms that you have discovered that have really surprised you. Like, I, you know, you hadn't thought about that one and you hadn't thought about that this was a particular form of anti-privilege, opposite privilege. Like, what would you say? <laughs> yeah, one thing that's really surprised me is how... Uh, how important region is in any conversation about identity, right? And thinking about religion, for example, it really just hit me when I went to Utah, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, so many people that I talked to were talking about, I'm not Mormon. So these are the things like I face a lot of difficulties in my workplace because I'm not Mormon and I don't wow, fit into okay. Mormon values. And it was just like, it made me realize like, here in the Bay Area, it's a very kind of agnostic-y place. Mm-hmm. And, like, the more religious someone is, like, the more, like, people look at them kind of side-eye. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, really, I think from place to place, like, it really shapes uh, perspectives. And then another thing that kept on coming up was classism and gentrification kept on coming up wherever I went. Like, it was just conversations of gentrification kept on appearing and so I didn't that was something that you know here in the Bay Area we hear we talk about all the time and Mm -hmm. so I just I had the belief that it was a very Bay Area thing and I think kind of pulling out a little bit it was just like oh whoa this is like affecting people all across the country so it's that's really fascinating yeah so you even managed to go to Standing Rock can you talk a little bit about that experience yeah I've been thinking about it a lot especially the past few days because Mm -hmm. I was hoping to pass through again but unfortunately people have been really forced out this time but that was uh, I think one of the most powerful experiences I've had I think I've never seen a place so I guess democratic it was just like its own society of how they were running things I was there in October, so it was like the activism from the water protectors there was like really established. So just it was so filled with community. And I just never seen this kind of like, 
you know, kids just running around freely, people looking out for each other. You know, it was kind of like when one ate, everybody ate. Even though I was there after there was a day of a lot of arrests, I was there after Indigenous Peoples Day um, when they had arrested a bunch of people and, you know, Mm -hmm. caused a lot of whatever ruckus. Uh, The spirits were still high and there was a lot of love and community and it just made me feel so whole to be a part of that and to see that and to see people from all over. I mean, there were Syrian refugees there. There were people from like... Ireland, there were people from Ferguson there. It was just like, Mm -hmm. it was an issue that I think really affects a lot of people because so many people understand that this is an attack against life, Mm -hmm. you know, and access to life. And so just the unity in that issue was really overwhelming. Having been there, because I, you know, I I was following you on Instagram and I was seeing the photos. It seemed like love to me. It was just sort of like really, it drew you in basically. So I'm wondering, like, having been there and then to come home and then to listen to the news and see how it's reported, was there a disconnect between, like, what was being said in the media and what was actually happening there? Yeah, I think what I didn't know, I would never have known that it was so organized. I think I think the way it's portrayed in the media is just like, oh, these protesters are just out there, you know, but it's so strategic that, you know, it was a well-organized effort that I think a lot of us can take a lot of inspiration from. So Mm. I think that's one thing that wasn't really clearly depicted. I think it wasn't really clearly depicted how much support from across the country and across the world the water protectors were getting. And it just, it it was interesting because I feel like most of the media that I saw that depicted it was social media Mm -hmm. and independently kind of uh, people. And of course, like Amy Goodman from Democracy Now! But I didn't really see a lot of like the bigger media stations really covering it and really talking about the issue. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, protesters are doing their thing because they're upset. But I don't think they really understood, like, how the United States didn't even recognize a treaty. And, like, you know, we were the ones who committed an atrocity. So, And the fact that the reason why this is happening is because initially the plans were to go through Bismarck and a lot of white people around there were like, not my water. Exactly. And then they're like, oh, well, just break this treaty and go through these tribal lands. We have such a long history of not caring about their needs. Right. So let's just do that again. And the fact that they're getting away with it is so hard to handle. And also you speak of like surprising people who ended up there. And a lot of the media that I saw was very much like, oh, activists doing their thing. And it's like a small band of them. But then I saw a lot more coverage for this when the veterans, Mm. a lot of them white, go there and are trying to lend their voices and know that the government won't shoot rubber bullets at our veterans. Or celebrities that Mm -hmm. might have and and sort of... And so, like, I'm glad that they went, but the fact that it took putting a group of people that conservatives are usually like, oh, well, we don't touch that. White veterans, definitely not. Right. That it took that to get the media's attention and to also stop violence against these activists... It's just so disheartening and like most things these days. Is there anything that was like super enlightening or really fun that came out of this experience so far? Well, I think uh, and just as a reminder, I am a comedian before I get into this. Uh, (laughs) I think that the fun thing was just literally the experience of just driving in my car. And like, you know, I had a lot of fear around that. But just it's kind of exciting going on this road trip. And I found that I really enjoyed being in a car and just driving for hours at a time. And flashback to something that was in the zeitgeist if you will like I think maybe 10 years ago right now like around 2006 2007 the astronaut lady was like my inspiration do y'all remember the astronaut lady with the diaper and she was going to Florida to like (laughs) tell off her boo or something (laughs) yes she was this woman who put on diapers to drive across the country to like find 
her her cheating boyfriend. Actually, you know, Fine is very like light. I think she was going to kidnap him. Okay. Oh, oh, that's right. But her plans were she didn't end up kidnapping him. She got caught out, so everybody was safe. But I was really inspired by her, and I was like, if the astronaut lady could like drive across the country wearing a diaper, mm-hmm. then I can. I can. <laughs> I could do this. You can drive across the country while stopping regularly to yes, pee in exactly. actual toilets. Even though it depends if y'all want to sponsor the next leg of mapping privilege. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the perfect fit. Yeah. I feel yeah. like there needs to be a new mug. Like, have you ever seen those mugs that say you have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all have the same amount of hours in the in the day as diaper astronaut lady. Right? <laughs> we need to make the most of it. What are you doing? <laughs> If you listeners are interested in reading about these stories and some of these conversations that Luna has had across the country, go to kqd.org slash pop and search for Mapping Privilege. Do you guys know who Amber Tamblin is? Okay, so the name is sounding familiar. Wait, uh, 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 no. I feel like she was in a Lifetime movie. Mm, pretty much. She was in The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Okay. Oh. She is the one who's not Rory Gilmore from Gilmore Girls, not the gossip girl, Blake Lively, and not America Ferreira. Can I Google her? Because I feel like I need a face. Yeah, look it up. Okay, go ahead. She was also Joan of Arcadia. I don't know if you remember that show. She God spoke to her and, I don't know, Christian shenanigans happened. I never watched it. She also is married to David Cross of Arrested Development, a.k.a. The Never Nude. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I recognize her. So she's one of those folks who have starred. She starred in plenty of Lifetime movies, right? I feel like I've seen her in, like, not maybe blockbuster movies, but, right. but like, sort Like a of movie about, like... Lifetime. Or... I thought I was adopted, but I was actually kidnapped. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> the face on the milk carton. Look that movie up. It's amazing. <laughs> She's right. not in it, but someone is. <laughs> okay, so Amber Tamblin recently trolled the internet by posting a video of her new baby. She just gave birth with the following caption. David and I are proud to announce the birth of our daughter... Daphinoise, Petunia, Brittany, Scheherazade, Von Funkenstein, Mustard Witch, RBJ, Cross, Tamblin, Bay, Jr. Okay. So she was just like, I'm going to just mess I'm with gonna, everyone. I'm going to troll you guys. I'm going to make fun of celebrities who name their kids crazy things. And a lot of people fell for it. And they're like, Daphinoise. And it's like, of all of that, you took <laughs> the French word? Like, I mean, it's crazy. How dare you? Yeah. So I was like, wow, she's a troll. I like that. <laughs> And then I saw a comment referencing a masterful piece of trolling that she did five years ago to Tyrese, male model, sometimes actor. Ooh. Where is he now? Yeah, what's oh, he Fast doing? Fast and Furious. He's doing Fast and Furious. Is yeah. he? Yeah. Tyrese? Okay. Yeah. Seven. Yeah, he's like, they're, I oh think they're goodness. on like 24 or something. Yeah. Like this thing going on for a while. Just make a show. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Exactly. Make it a weekly thing. We'll watch. Mm. It'll be fine. So back in the day, five years ago, Tyrese was part of an email chain that also included Amber Tamblin. Amber Tamblin's middle name is Rose. Amber Rose. Oh. Her email was Amber Rose something something at hotmail.com. And so he sees this, takes the email, and starts hitting up who he thinks is Kanye West's ex girlfriend. Wow. And she catfished him. She capitalizes on this. (laughs) 
He says, I want to work with you, Amber Rose, on some like demos. We should make a music career for you. Like, Has anybody I can help ever you. heard Amber sing? How was he, he a music? Okay. He wanted to break her. Exactly. Mm. She is like, all right, I'm going to pretend to be Amber Rose and I'm going to send him demos. And I have these demos with me now. And oh. we will listen to them together. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I feel like me and her should be friends. She sounds fun. Yes. Hmm. Her first song is called Splits. My check, one, two. I'm waking up in the morning. I got curlers in my hair. I'm going to the beach, gonna eat some eggs. I don't give a f- if they didn't rhyme. I don't give a f- if they didn't rhyme, I'm doing splits on your face, splits on your mouth, splits on your eyelids, splits on your unibrow. Why can't I find it? 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 Okay, but it's, let's keep it real. New favorite. Keep celebrity. it real. This is not something Jayla would have done in the 90s. Let's keep she it 100. Okay. Specifically so. the line, splits on your eyebrow. No, unibrow. Splits unibrow. on your unibrow. Why can't I find it? Why can't I find it? Why can't I find it? I mean, that's a bop. I'm sorry. It's like if Kaya could have made it, like my neck, my my back, the, um, the next single. Remix. Splits. Mm. Remix. Well, Tyrese responds. Oh. Quote, that song was not it. <laughs> not even remotely. Just keeping it real. Respectfully, Tyrese Gibson. So Ooh. she's like, all right, well. Let me try to convince you with another song. I don't know, because I was in here bopping. I don't know about anybody else, but I was feeling it. And I'm going to go home talking about eyebrows and splits. So <laughs> so this next one is called Contraception Matters. Ooh. Contraception matters. So wrap it up if you want this clam hamper. Baby, my idea of a party ain't herpes, ain't pussy scurvy. I don't get down with dirty slurpees, so wrap it up like an award show accepting speech. I'll climb up your trunk, a drop of peach, mop up that man bleach, open up that canned meat, put you to sleep like the band creed. Okay, first of all, don't you ever disrespect an SWV beat like that. Okay, that's number one. That's number one. Number two, what is a clam hammer? Oh, that's my favorite phrase of the century. I think my favorite is man bleach. I'm just going to take that. <laughs> what about... <laughs> Thanks, Amber. Pussy scurvy? Was it? Oh, yeah, that <laughs> was... <laughs> she was like, I'm just going to go all the way. And then she worked in a Creed diss at the end. I'm going to mm. put you to sleep like the band Creed. Mm. They didn't deserve that. She they came through. Her? Poor Nothing. Creed. So did Tyrese respond to this song? There are more responses, okay. but so. she sent two songs together. So I'll play the second one. Got it. It is called dance floor etiquette and it's about women who have open toe shoes at a club yeah this one goes out to my ladies on the dance floor wearing open toe shoes watch your toes ladies motherfuckers got big feet you never know who could be up in this predators senators date rapists ladies tuck that tase and you slit watch your open toes and you'll need a toe split uh Dance floor etiquette. Keep your junk off my box, or you'll get your tip split. Ladies, wave those first date kids. Ooh. <laughs> and I, for one, know that I always carried a first date kit when I was in the club back in the day. Clearly, I would have waved it if I heard this song. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she calls out other patrons of the club as having 
big ass feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually do have big ass feet. So I'm like, okay, all right. I'm like, I see you, Amber. I see you. I see you. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks for the shout out. <laughs> like, I already had it tough. And then here you are mm. making a song about my struggle. Okay. <laughs> so Tyrese responds. That was trash. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tyrese for keeping it all he said, the way hundred. Just keeping it real. Like, I'm kind of surprised. I was I was kind of hoping that he would be like, "Girl Amber, that was so good." Come through so we can get in the studio. Yeah, right. I'm okay. gonna lay down some tracks mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> yeah. So he says that was trash. Sorry. Hit me up when you land, Pluto lady. I got some in the stash. I'm sitting on a lot of magic. So he's like trying to produce her music or whatever. Oh. So Amber Tamblin has named this collection of music, the Tyree Sessions, and it's all on SoundCloud if you want to hear more. Oh, wow. She's my favorite person. Okay, I want to know how this ended. Like, does he still think that he was emailing with Amber Rose? He didn't. She let him know. And then she put out this thing on, like, her blog or something, and she wrote, Disclaimer. Tyrese is a very sweet guy with good intentions who made a mistake, and I, being an actress and engaged to a comedian, could not help myself. Tyrese, please accept my 87% heartfelt apology for stringing you along. I think we could have made beautiful music together. I love the fact that you can put percentages 87%. on your apologies, which is once again why her and I need to hang out. Yes. Yes. I've never thought about it. I feel like that's a good thing. Like, when, when someone says, I'm sorry... What percentage? Yeah, what percentage? <laughs> what percentage are you? You know, I'm 85% sorry that, um... <laughs> I ain't sorry. <laughs> Negative five. Or that. <laughs> Negative 5% sorry, yeah. So in honor of Miss Amber Tamlin, mm-hmm. and in honor of her caption trolling people about this baby name, I have a quiz about celebrity baby names that are absurd. Oh, come on. Ooh. So strap in. Take that sexually if you want to. <laughs> Contraception matters. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually contraception matters. (laughs) Over the SWV. (laughs) You're still mad about the SWV. I am still highly upset, but I'm going to forgive her because... Um, So into you, Amber Tamblyn. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So let's start this quiz. Are you ready? Come on. First of all, can we just say that nothing against the babies? Oh, no. (laughs) No, nothing against the babies. It's not your fault that your parents knock their heads or want attention, or are on drugs. I'm not sure which, pick whichever outcome. Let's start with a British man. He's famous for being a chef. His name's Jamie Oliver. Five of these six names are actual children of Jamie Oliver. One of these is fake. Poppy Honey, Daisy Boo, Lily Bloom, Petal Blossom Rainbow, River Rocket, Buddy Bear. Ooh. So I was going to go with the poppy situation. Mm-hmm. Poppy honey. Poppy honey. And I don't know why, but I feel like there was something food related. It just called to me. Okay. I'm going to go with Buddy Bear. I am happy to inform you that those are real people. <laughs> <laughs> the fake one that I made up is Lily Bloom. Sounds normal. What? Poppy honey, Daisy Boo, Petal Blossom Rainbow, River Rocket, and Buddy Bear. All real children. In the world. Well, you know, I'm not surprised. You know, I'm married to a hippie. So I I have heard some (laughs) names in my day. But Buddy Bear, that's just, how do you grow up from that? Like You don't. (laughs) You just call it quits. (laughs) Or another option is to just change your name when you're old enough to do that. Which a couple of the people that in my hippie family did. They were like 16. Boom. Yes. I'm going to hit you with a Chad Mm -hmm. or a Brad. Yeah. (laughs) So one of the people who changed his name because his initial round was too much. 
Ronan Farrow, child of Mia Farrow and Woody Allen or Frank Sinatra, depending on who you believe. Oh, mm. the T. Yes. The T, okay. He initially had a different first name, and it's one of the following. Okay, listening. Pouch. Duffel. Satchel. <laughs> tote. I'm going to go with Satchel. Okay. I'm going to go with Pouch. It is Satchel. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I could see somebody being like, Satchel is just such a... Satchel. Satchel. Mm. But it, it's what, you, you know, it's Woody. So I was thinking pouch, like, what a pouch, oh. you know? <laughs> I initially wrote sack on here as an option. And I was oh, like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to do that. that that's, no. Another person who loved to name his kids unusual things, Frank Zappa. One of these is fake. A, moon unit. B, dweezel. C, Zola plum. D, Diva Muffin. <laughs> One of them is fake. Dweezel. I think Dweezel is fake. Oh, okay. Moon Uni, has, that's a fake one. I am, again, happy to report these are real people. <laughs> Moon Unit? Real. Dweezel? Okay. Dweezel and Diva Muffin mm. Diva, are real. So Diva Muffin, you got, that just, you got to love Diva Muffin. Middle name Muffin, first name Diva. Diva. <laughs> but that sounds like someone who would be in Mariah Carey's circle. Or one of her dogs. Yep. See, I, wouldn't, I wasn't even going to say yeah. that. Since that's a real person, I was like... <laughs> Sorry, Diva. Um, so, yeah, the fake one is Zola Plum. Playing oh, my that gosh. Game. See? Mm. Oh, this is a good story. To promote his album, rapper Chief Keef named his newborn no, son honey, one of the no, following. No. Mm-hmm. Almighty So Film on dot com. Mm-hmm. Nobody Film on dot com. Snowfilmon.com, finallyrichfilmon.com. I'm gonna go with Almighty. Okay. Finallyrichfilm.com. You're both incorrect. This <laughs> baby's name is Snowfilmon.com. That's not true. I don't believe a mother. <laughs> I don't believe a mother consented to that. Well, guess what? There are developments. In case you're wondering how his album did, it did not crack the Hot 100 or <laughs> whatever. Never heard of it. Did not break the internet either. So, Film On Music is like a streaming music platform, something or other. And so he was promoting his album, Snow, which would be on filmon.com. And so the Film On Music CEO, Alki David, recently heard about Chief Keef maybe not being the father of this child. So he writes this press release. Quote, in light of new developments disputing that Chief Keefe is the father of Baby Snow, the streaming TV and music platform FilmOn.com is retracting the right to let the mother, Lauren Woods, use the middle name FilmOn.com until paternity is settled. We wish Miss Woods all the best. You can do that? Can you even believe this story? I didn't even know you can do that. I was just wondering that, too. So now I was I was just when you when before you said that, I had a feeling. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you name your child after something that is copyrighted, does your child then have the right or do they not have the right to use their name in certain instances? Apparently not. That's insane. Wow. So but if I name my child like just do it. Nike's like, no, <laughs> Nike to be like, we won't, we, we, you will not be doing that. <laughs> Maybe you could change it to Justine do it. <laughs> Something like that. Just get around it. Polly Yates is a British lady. She was famous for being on TV there. She <laughs> Very descriptive. I know exactly who she is now. Yeah. Um, she also married the lead singer of NXS. 
And also some other famous dude. Question mark just appeared over my head. I have no idea who yeah. she is or in excess is. Um, this is where Carly would step in and be like, well. She'd be like, I know that white man. And <laughs> <laughs> that band. No shade, Carly. Like no shade. So Polly Yates was the mother of all these people but one. Oh, okay. Peaches Honey Blossom. Fifi Trixie Bell. Speck Wild Horse. Heavenly Hirani Tiger Lily. So Peaches is real. Because I, I actually know a few Peaches in my life. Okay. So I know Peaches is real. I'm going to go with that. There was one that was associated with a horse. Speck Wild Horse. Okay, I'm going to take that one. I'll okay. take that one as well. Yeah. You are both correct. Okay. That is John Mellencamp's kid. Oh, so it's still a real name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, as someone with a name that is pretty rare i know the struggle of having a name that is like people are like where did that come from how did you get that who made that up like is hard to talk to starbucks employees about yeah. but moon unit is harder there's yeah. a story buddy so the, bear. there's a story behind that like if you meet somebody named buddy bear you're like tell me mm. about your name <laughs> it's like well my parents hated me like from day one <laughs> that's what happened so because we're running out of time, I can't get to all my questions. If you listeners want to take the quiz, go to Kikuity Pop. It'll be there. So our thoughts are with all of these people who have these names. We love you. We're here for you. And I'm sorry if we laughed too much at your name. Oh, Nana, what's my name? Oh, Nana, what's my name? Yesterday, Emmanuel and I were talking about dating, but also daddy issues, but also dating. (laughs) (laughs) They're one and the same. They're one and the same. (laughs) And then I had this memory about my sort of like type A dating process when I was young because, you know, I didn't grow up with a father in the house. So a lot of my male role models came from television. So when J. Cole said that Uncle Phil was like his dad, I was like, I feel you. Mm -hmm. Because when I was in junior high school, I was like, you know what? I don't feel like. Uncle Phil would have done this to Aunt Viv. Right. So therefore, you're not the man for me. So let's just move on. <laughs> it's the only way to live your life. It is the only way to live your life. So then let's go back to, say, 1995, when there were a collection of books that were out that were to help young ladies in the dating world. And I mm-hmm. picked up a couple of them. <laughs> So back in 1995, there was this book that came out called The Rules. So literally like two women, Eileen Fine and Sherry Schneider, went on like the talk show circuit and they were like, listen, ladies, I know that all of you want to date. I know that all of you want to get married and I can show you how by this book. And it was like a New York Times bestseller. Women were clamoring for it. They were all about it. Me, how was I in 1995? I was born in 82. I can't do the calculations. But I was in junior high. 13? Yeah. And I was like... Yes, tell me about all of this because I don't like dating. And I was like, one day I'm going to have to do this, so I need to know how to do it right. So let me buy a very problematic (laughs) manual (laughs) because I was leafing through some of these with you today. Yes. And I'm excited to hear what you're about to say. (laughs) It's it's super problematic. So basically, first of all, I should preface this by saying these books are wrapped in brown paper so that you cannot see the cover because that's how embarrassed I am by them. And I kept them as a memento of my shame. Yeah. Um, and to remind me of who I once was. Right. Yes. Am I... Keeping it real like Tyrese. Keeping it real like Tyrese. <laughs> so I dug them I dug them up last night and my husband was like, What are these? And I was like, Don't don't judge me. Yeah. Don't look Were at you me. like, This is how I got you? Oh no, well so that's the thing, that's the interesting thing. Like Emmanuel and I were talking and based on what I remember from this book, it was basically like pretend to be an optimal version of yourself. Don't let on to who you really are 
play these rules and play this game and then marry the guy and then continue to play those rules. <laughs> right, right, right. Live in a mask until you die. Yes, yes, I did none of that. Like one of the rules was like, he should call you. You should never call him or you shouldn't spend too much time with him. My husband and I met and I moved in that week. So clearly. the <laughs> That is not in the book. <laughs> that the is rules. not in the book. <laughs> so I just thought that I would sort of, let's just, let's just browse through some of the chapters here, shall yes, we? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. So chapter 10 lists 25 reasons why women want to call men but shouldn't. Okay. Number one, he didn't call you, girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> number two, you think he lost your number. <laughs> number three, you need a date for a wedding. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. That is deep. Your mother told you to call him. Ooh. Oh. What? Yeah. Well, you know, some some moms, some moms are like, so when are you getting married? And the pressure's on. So. Mm. No. Okay. Your girlfriend said, call him. It's the 90s. It's not the 90s, but <laughs> but it's a 90s kind of world. I'm glad I got my girls. What? Keep your head up. What? Yes. Your brother said he'd be flattered if a girl called him. So basically, don't trust your mama. Don't trust your friends. Don't your sister trust and your friend right on your that. brother. Mm-hmm. Only trust this book. Only this just book. trust the book. Nine. You can't sleep well since he stopped calling. Mm. Yikes. You want to ask him why he stopped calling you. What? All right. So these women are correct about some things. Mm-hmm. You want to get a recipe for chili? Uh, what? What? <laughs> Apparently he has a bomb recipe for you chili. You better call for that recipe. Yeah. You left your umbrella at his apartment. Uh, you can't live without him. Oh. Okay. Um, okay. I can't live. Somebody insert that song, please. Can't live to live without you. want to ask him what it is about you he didn't like. No. Was it my hair? The sex? What? <laughs> what was it? You'll change whatever it was. Wow. I would, I would like an, an exit survey every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just poll you? You know, we're not going to do this anymore. You know what? I have an idea. So why don't you just call out a number between 1 and 30, and I'll tell you what that rule says. Go for it, Luna. Between 1 and 30? Okay, let's go with 9. Okay, number 9. How to act on dates. One, two, and three. Oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, it's it's only a a page and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do anything. So basically the highlights are be a creature unlike any other. Um, Oh, okay. What does that mm -hmm. mean? Be a sloth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So half sloth, half unicorn, (laughs) and throw in a bit of badger and like sea otter in there. Mm -hmm. Why not? So basically to round it up, dress nice, be nice, and go home. I was hoping it would be the chapter that the title was something like, don't stare at men or talk too much. So like, just be silent and don't look anywhere. Just like be a body that they can touch when they want to. Like, what is this So you browse the book. So what were your favorite (laughs) chapters? Because you you like, I brought it in and Emmanuel has been getting his life all day. I'm I'm sure. I'm really sorry to like take over like this. (laughs) This is your thing. You have a relationship with these books, but. Oh, they will be back. Every page that I look at, I'm like. Well, we have to talk about that. What? Turn to page 134 in your hymnal. <laughs> okay. Yes, we, sh- we shall. We shall. <clears throat> Rule 28. Be smart and other rules for dating in high school. What? Yes. Uh-huh. Read have... number one, please. <clears throat> number one. If you have really bad acne, go to a dermatologist. I mean. Uh, <laughs> That's just how we start the sentence. It's like. For high school. Get your face right because you're ugly. <laughs> 
Um, I feel like they're. I feel like did Naomi Campbell co-author this? She. What did she say? Get your <laughs> lipstick right before you talk to me. Yes, she did say that. I don't think so. I wasn't letting that go. Not with the lipstick color you were wearing, dear. To check your lipstick before you come and talk to me. Our favorite dictator. Our favorite. Dictator. Yeah. On that same list, mm-hmm. this one really just pissed me off. Number two, spend your babysitting money on manicures and some pretty clothes. Wear makeup, but not too much. The idea is to look pretty, not overdone. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to make money to be presentable enough for a man. Got it. And Keep in mind, this is, the, this is the high school portion in the back. Yeah. And then here's some shade on a female writer that is already dead. Just like leave her alone. Number four, always be out mingling, not indoors, worrying. Go out to the beach, the movies, to parties, not in your room, dwelling on your flaws or quoting Sylvia Plath. It's like, you know what? The shade. No. Mm -mm. The shade. Okay, on page 137. (laughs) Quote, don't you like boys who wear polo shirts and cowboy boots when that's in fashion? Well, when has that ever been in fashion first? Never. Well, they like girls who wear what's on MTV and in Seventeen. Oh, no way. This is the high school. Mm-hmm. This is the high school what? chapter. Mm. In the chapter, take care of yourself and other rules for dating in college. Because you're still single because you followed the high school rules. <laughs> Number one, don't look up his class schedule and follow him around campus, hoping he will eventually notice you. Like, we what? weren't thinking that. Yeah. What? Weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was it like, don't cut your hair like Felicity did? <laughs> Just <Yeah. keep> <laughs> I'm sure that I'm real. sure there's a chapter in there about the yes, about grooming. How about this? Eat sensibly. Tell yourself during the pizza party that your jeans will fit tomorrow. Remember, overweight is not the rules. Oh, my God. Ew. It's fascinating to me how like how big this industry of mm-hmm. like single women making is. them feel like crap. So yeah. they can keep buying stuff. So I know. this was in 1995. And so when I looked, because I have not thought about these books in years. And when I looked them up, they've republished them, different versions of them, newer versions of them. They have one about online dating now. But the authors themselves have sort of like dropped out of sight. One you of if you course. wrote that book? Yeah. So like the la- I think the last time that they kind of surfaced or were doing anything major was in like 2001. And there was some controversy because one of them got divorced and people were like, hey, girl. Did you so. not follow the rules? Yeah. yeah. But I did find their website and they have like in 2017 now they have like dating seminars. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So people, women go to these camps to learn how to date. And so it's it's really interesting because, one, I'm just going to take a quick moment to throw Steve Harvey under the Hello. bus. Please do. <laughs> because that oil snake salesman <laughs> <laughs> raked in millions with Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, which was really just like close your legs, literally, to sum it up, was like close your legs. And I think he said something about be a keeper, not like a fish you throw away. So, mm-hmm. okay, we're we're fish. Whatever, Steve. But it's really interesting to me now because I'm in a relationship with a woman. And one, I feel like there's no like dating rule book. If you want to get a lesbian, this is what you need to yeah. do. Like, <laughs> so but now you now you got a corner of the market, Luna. Hello. <laughs> no, I'm about Where's to, your book? I'm about to write that book. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Like, is there like a market for men? Like, that's what I always thought when I'd be seeing all these books and classes and lectures and courses like this is how you can think like a man to trick him into being with you and like what are the what are the men reading are is they... that did, did, did you remember as a youth Emmanuel do you remember <laughs> uh-huh. when you were coming up were there rules that that like men were supposed to follow around dating um, or did you just were you like I'm not I don't know her I'm not into anything I was busy <laughs> starting my Michelle Branch fan club 
and doing other gay things. I have no idea about anything that involves straight men. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I would venture to guess no. No. <laughs> yeah. Are there any rules that you guys follow in dating? Like, well, you're not dating. Well, you're both. Well, I guess none of us at this table are dating right now. But, right? If, but if we were, we know before, from experience. You know, before. What have you learned, Luna, from the dating scene? My particular rule is if you refuse to dance, that is up. My number one. Yes. Sign. Mm. yes, yes, yes. Number one. If you're just like, I can't get on the dance floor. I'm too self conscious. It's just like, we can just end this right now. This doesn't work for me. Yeah, mm. yeah. And in that intro phase, if they are not being fun, then mm. that's when you're the most fun. Exactly. That's when you're trying to seem like someone you're not. Like I'm down for anything. <laughs> and if you're like mm, dancing, that's too crazy for me. Then that person's <laughs> gonna be boring in bed, boring Absolutely. just to talk to in yeah. general. No. Something I used to do kind of similar to that, like presenting someone with something that might make them uncomfortable and like put them out of their zone just to get the true sense of who they are. So last time I was single, I was like into rock climbing for whatever reason, because it was a challenge and I was scared of heights and I was like, I'm going to push myself and be a new me or whatever. And so anytime I had a new boy, Mm -hmm. I would be like, oh, let's go to my rock climbing gym. I have a free pass for you and we can do that. And a lot of that is like belaying and all this stuff where you have to work together and Mm -hmm. communicate and also face your fears and be fun during the whole experience. And when I took one boy, he was very not fun, refused to do a lot of things, did not communicate well. And I was like, this is a crash and burn situation. And Mm. sure enough, a few days later. Crash and burn? Yes. So save some time. Either go to a dance floor, take them to a rock climbing gym. Also... Let's heed the words of Maya Angelou through the mouth of Oprah, because she's always saying this. Mm. When someone shows you who they are, believe, believe them. them. So when those warning signs happen and you're like, oh, they're maybe having a bad day. No, they're an asshole forever. Mm-hmm. So like date someone else. I agree. I, there were plenty of warning signs when I was dating. I have too many stories and some of which I can't even talk about on this podcast for dating. So I'll just leave it at that. So the cooler after dark. After dark. Yeah. I, I guess like my only rule would be how you treat your friends, your family, and your parents. Yeah, oh, Like, that's, that's a always been a thing for yeah. me. It's like, oh, you said that to your mom? Really? Mm. Oh, mm. oh. She raised you. Yeah, I'm wow. washing my hair tonight, boo. I'm going <laughs> to check you later. <laughs> that's a good one. I like to watch that and watch how they treat, like, if we're out eating dinner, like, mm-hmm. how someone treats, like, servers. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So did I ever tell you a story about how I knew I was going to marry my husband? How long is it? (laughs) (laughs) So basically, we were at a restaurant, and we were supposed to get a table. We were waiting on it, and Mm -hmm. this couple took our table, and the guy was a complete asshole about it when my husband went over, or my then-boyfriend went over to tell him about it. And he basically, like, cussed my husband out, and he was just like, you know what? You have a good dinner, sir. Then we sat down, and my husband sent a drink to their table. Wow. And at the end of the night, the guy came over and apologized for being an asshole. And I was like, I'm going to have your babies. And you did. And you and I did. did. Three times. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only rule that and should I'm, be in this and book. And I married him following literally none of those rules. <laughs> <laughs> so the rule should be like what Michelle said. When they go low, you mm-hmm. go high. Mm-hmm. Also, don't date boring people who don't dance. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we should basically consult these books every time we have some dating advice. I think so. From, the, from here on out. <laughs> to know what not to do. <laughs> Can I just get out? There are many, many, many more reasons, but we don't have enough time. So I'll just wrap it up right there. Yeah, go to your local library and tell them to take this off the shelves. Okay. <laughs> I just want to break the rules.
So it's time for The Peak in the Pit, but Mm. Jamidra and I talked, Mm -hmm. and we might be renaming it to pay homage to the Obamas. Dynasty. They apparently say the thorn in the rose Mm -hmm. to indicate a good and a bad thing. So for this week, we'll go with that. So I have two thorns to give out. Let's start with Eddie Winslow. What? Eddie? Eddie? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm getting my tea because I feel like this is going to be a story. Right. Yes. Okay, so uh, up up there with Uncle Phil, Carl Winslow was also an adopted father. Yes. Yes, I've I've lost Bill, so, you know, i got to hold on to the ones that I have. So for those who don't know, Carl Winslow is the dad on Family Matters. Uh Eddie Winslow is his son. And I'm talking about the actor who played Eddie Winslow. I wasn't sure what was going on with him these days, but I found out and I wish I hadn't. And now I'm going to spoil your fun as well. Don't do this. Darius Mm. McCreary is his name. Since Family Matters, he met a woman. She was a Harlem Globetrotter and they had a baby together. Really cute. So far, the story is, is nice. Until he apparently has drug and alcohol issues, allegedly. And his wife submitted these papers into court to get some restraining order against him. And through this, people are finding out all these details. It's not like she went to the media. TMZ is just nosy. My hand is already on my face. My palm is laid firmly. Mm-mm. I just don't even want to know if I, I want to hear more. So apparently, she wanted to leave him for whatever reason. And he responded by having, you know, a conversation about their emotional issues and their love languages and... No, that's not what happened. Uh-huh. He threw a cell phone at her when she was eight months pregnant. Oh, no. I was going to say, I do also have the love language book, if you're interested. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> <laughs> so if that wasn't bad enough, this is what the headline was, and this is why I clicked it and why I'm sad for the world. He apparently was mad at his wife, and so he took their eight or nine month old and dangles her over a pot of boiling water. No. No. Eddie, like how far have you mm. gone from the teachings of your father, Carl Winslow? Mm. This is bad. Mm. So his lawyer comes out and says that his wife is a predator motivated by desperate desire to extort money, etc. And she's like, try again because TMZ fine. Yeah, she yeah. they found the core papers. Like I'm mm-hmm. not going to anyone to say this. Also, who's checking for Eddie Winslow right now? Like yeah, no one cares. No one. No one. Except for us. Yeah, kind of. except, <laughs> except for us right now. Yeah, fond memories. I, I just I had fond memories. So if this is to be believed, Thorn for Eddie Winslow, what are you doing? Mm. Put the baby down. Stop boiling water. You're crazy. Walk away. That hurts my heart. Hopefully he gets the help that he needs because clearly. Mm. You know who else needs help? Here we go. Bill Maher. Oh, yes. Oh, here we go. Yes. Uh, okay, come on. <sighs> In case you don't know who he is, he is a, I'm putting quotes around this, comedian Mm. who has a show called Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher. And he loves to say... Real time with Bill Maher. Oh, there we go. So the first version, Politically Incorrect, was taken off air because he made some comments after 9-11 that people did not find funny and he got canned. Then he came back on HBO with Real Time with Bill Maher a couple years ago. And he's like, great, I have another platform to... Be Islamophobic and say terrible things about women and gay people and pretend that it's a joke. Yeah. I'm not laughing. And then just to be like the one thing I one thing that almost made me not get into comedy in the first place is that whole like, I'm a comedian. I could just say what I want. And it's so it's I'm being provocative. It's like, no, mm. you're not. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into yeah. what you're dragging yeah. in this week. <laughs> right. So he had Milo Yiannopoulos on. Yes. Mm. 
And he was like, oh, don't worry. I'm going to like reveal all of his bullshit and I'm going to call him out and whatever. And if you saw the interview, he was just yucking it up. Which I did. I watched I it. I was very like, so to, to be honest, I watched that show regularly. So I was like, OK, let's see what he's going to say. I expected him to challenge Milo. Not at all. Not at all. Mm-mm. He was like, oh, liberals are such snowflakes and just like agreeing with Milo about several things and not calling him on saying things like trans people have the highest rate of incidents in bathrooms, like attacking people. And it's like there's zero percent of that. The only people who are getting assaulted in bathrooms are trans people. Yeah. And he didn't say anything. I was I was waiting for him to ask for receipts on that particular statistic. And I was really surprised when they just kind of like glazed over it. He just glazed over it, except for. My husband, Larry Wilmore. Oh, you're talking. So that was in the the after show. (laughs) Larry Wilmore came for that neck. Let's listen to some of that. You always have to fight with everybody. I don't. We were having such a nice time, but you always invite such awful people on your show. These are not. They're so stupid. Look at. No, come on. You need I'm to, you need to uh, start inviting higher <laughs> IQ guests or this I'm is going to be a disaster. Yeah, these, first, of all, first of all, wait. These, these are very wait, high. Wait, hold on, Bill. You can go f*** yourself, all right? Yeah. You know? If this is the face if of the your Nazis, argument you're... is that these people are stupid, you didn't hear a word this man said no. early in this segment because yes. he can talk circles around your right. pathetic, this guy. douchey little ass for me. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing, <laughs> Leslie Jones is not barely literate. Go f- yourself again for that oh, one. Oh, read okay? her Twitter She can barely <laughs> spell. She can barely spell. person and very funny. No, no, no. It was my first time listening to Milo at length. I, I was familiar with Breitbart, but I was so surprised at how untalented and mediocre he was. And I felt like he was just an obvious troll. He was clearly talking about, like, I want everyone to hate me because it makes me feel... That's literally yeah. what he said. It's just like, oh, my gosh, like, you tell me to fuck off, and you can you tell me to fuck off? Because everyone hates me, yeah. and more people protested me than you, Belmar. I mean, I'm like, yeah. really? This is who gets a platform now? He- well, I remember watching it, and because listeners of the show will remember, or they may remember, that uh, Emmanuel gave him a pit. But you talked about him early on, and I didn't know who he was. I had seen like a headshot of him and with the Leslie Jones um, mm-hmm. controversy, yeah. I knew that he was involved with that. So I had an idea of who he was. But then to see him on the show and I just felt like he was clearly a provocateur. And like I didn't think I don't think that he believes half of the things that he said on that show. And he was saying it specifically to rile up people. Like if you watch the very beginning of the interview, he said some comment and then the audience sort of like booed and he was like, oh, look, you're so easy. Like he just he be, he said it. He knew it was ridiculous. And he said it specifically to rile people up. Yeah. So I'm like, why are we like, is this what we've become now? He lost his power when I saw him. I felt like yeah. he had no after that. I was like, I don't even understand. I'm, I, I'm not even angry at him anymore because clearly he doesn't even believe what he's saying. Yeah. His right. whole goal is to make me angry. Right. So why play in? So this is not the only reason why Bill Maher deserves oh, a gosh. thorn mm. or a pit or whatever you want to call Drag it. Drag him. <laughs> let's just go through some of his worst hits. Okay, let's hear. When the Boston Marathon bombing happened, mm. he brought up Zane, who was minding his own business. Yes. Quote, just tell me two things, Zane. Which one in the band were you and where were you during the Boston Marathon? No. Because Zane is half Pakistani. What? Yeah. He's just like, well, you're Muslim, so you're a terrorist. Wow. 
Like it, it's not even funny. It's not smart. I'm not. I'm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's the worst. NFL player Sean Merriman got in the news for choking Tila Tequila in 2009. And Bill Maher responded by saying the following. New rule. Stop acting surprised someone choked Tila Tequila. The surprise is that someone hasn't choked this bitch sooner. What? Wow. And this was a, a joke? Yeah. Here's his take on people who date Arab men. Quote, talk to women who've ever dated an Arab man. The results are not good. What? How random. Yeah. Here's one where, you know how someone's racist, homophobic, sexist, whatever, and they keep going back to the fact that they're like, disclaimer, I'm not racist, but I need to say this racist thing. Mm-hmm. Listen, mm-hmm. I have black mm-hmm. friends, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay? I also have gay friends, so I'm clearly I have 1.3 black friends, so I could never. I've been close to a black person before. (laughs) On Bark this morning, just this morning, I was right next to a black person. Or should I say African-American? I don't know, but I was right next. Yes. Quote, I'm not trying to be sexist here, but but I'm just saying. Yeah, there's the but. But I'm just saying that women try a lot of different tacks when they're in arguments. I'm not being sexist. I'm just saying that men, when we argue, we try our thing and then we sulk when we don't get our way. But look at Hillary Clinton. The first thing a woman does, of course, is cry. And then they go to sweet talking and then they throw an anger fit, totally unrelated to anything. And when it doesn't work, they bring out the sarcasm. I'm trying to remember when the last time it is I I saw Hillary Clinton cry. Isn't she criticized for not showing emotion yeah. enough? So yeah. she can't win. If she shows emotion, it's just like typical woman. And if she doesn't, then she's trying to be a man too hard. And right. Just to finish up with this sloppy, sloppy person. He called the Quran a, quote, hate-filled holy book. He also said the following about women and Hamas, because they're the same, you know. Quote, Dealing with Hamas is like dealing with a crazy woman who's trying to kill you. You can only hold her wrist so long before you have to slap her. What? Wow. Who? Ugh, okay. I'm, ugh. Well, not a fun fact about Bill Maher, but just like... (laughs) Just a fact. Just the tea. I didn't know this until I was like Googling Mm. him this weekend, but he used to date Corinne. Oh, he loves a black woman. Superhead. He used to date Superhead Corinne Stephens. Yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't even know that. Yeah, he loves, he he loves a a sister, so. Well, sisters, I'm asking you on behalf (laughs) of all sisters, let us band together and Mm -hmm. stop giving Bill Maher any loving. Any attention. Any attention. No more Like the rules said, don't look at him or talk to him. (laughs) We can do better. Collect. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so to round out this monstrosity, he is not embarrassed by this Milo thing. He thinks we should be thankful to him for Milo getting dropped from Breitbart He's and all this stuff. He's taking credit for all of this. Here's his direct quote. To see Milo as this monster is a little crazy. And by the end of the weekend, by dinnertime Monday, he's dropped as a speaker at CPAC. Then he's dropped by Breitbart and his book deal falls through. As I say, sunlight is the best disinfectant. You're welcome. So he thinks because he had Milo on his show that that led to Milo, this sort of, okay. Yeah. Led to the video and being released. Actually, it was the video that all he about something else. The video that he recorded a year ago mm-hmm. before. Mm. So he is full of it. Thorn for him. Uh, I hope yeah. he pricks himself. All the thorns. Let's rise on up out of that cesspool. I forgot that there was even a, <laughs> a silver uh, lining. A rose coming <laughs> in, in this situation. Like on The Bachelor, I would like to present a rose. Ooh. Because that was so noxious, it goes to several people. The first one is to Iceland for their new reality show, Keeping Up with the Katarsians. 
It is a live video of four kittens living in a house, and you can watch them at any time, and they sleep in bunk beds. And it's all so that they can bring awareness to the fact that there are a lot of animals on Iceland that need to be adopted. And it's very cute. If you are bored at work, go to Keeping Up with the Katarsians and watch them sleep in their bunk beds. It's That's pretty cute. wonderful. That explains why your screen said Keeping Up with the Kardashians when I walked in this mm-hmm. morning. I was like, what is Emmanuel up to? She sent me a text saying, like, this is your screen right now. And I said, very on brand. <laughs> it is. I like cats and the Kardashians. So there you go. And a rose for this fundraiser started by Linda Sarsour, who was the Palestinian-American activist who was part of the Women's March, and a colleague of hers, Tarek El-Masidi, they started a campaign to raise money to repair that Jewish cemetery that was mm. mm-hmm, messed with in Missouri. And it's called Muslims Unite to Repair Jewish Cemetery. They wanted to raise $20,000. And as of this recording, they raised 121000 Wow. And it is all going towards this particular site. And if they have any extra money, it's going to go to any Jewish center that's had threats or been abused in recent weeks. And what I love about this story is that through what's happening in this country and trying to like otherize different groups, they think we'll all just look be like, oh, well, don't come for me because I'm a Muslim. Like go for the trans people or go for these people. But what they didn't anticipate is we're all banding together. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Luna, people in Sandy Rock were from all mm-hmm. stripes and the intersectionality is coming to fruition finally mm-hmm. and we're all banding together against hate however it shows up and the common trope is oh jews don't like muslims and vice versa and it's like no everyone's against hate and for basic humanity unless otherwise stated on bill maher's show mm. well that's beautiful and it should be held up as an example of how to respond yes under attack yeah so stick together out there Stay away from thorny bushes because there's nothing for you there. Nothing for you. Mm. Don't call them. Don't look at them. Don't talk to them. Mm -mm. So we like to end every episode with a song. And when we have a guest, we let them choose. Luna, what can you not stop listening to these days? So the Hamilton mixtape came out. Oh, yeah. In November of last year. And especially, well, one, it's just amazing. But one song that's stuck in my head at all times is Immigrants, We Get the Job Done. Mm which is my favorite song on the album. And Residente from Cali Trece mm. is Cousins with Lynn. So I find that to be fascinating. So I, we're on a first name basis, by the way. Clearly, you <laughs> yeah. and Lynn. Yeah. Me and Lynn. Oh, Lynn. Uh, so yeah, immigrants, we get the job done. Yes, let's listen. Immigrants, we get the job done. Look how far I come. Look how far I come. Look how far I come. Thanks to our podcast papa, David Marcus. Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs for our amazing theme song that you hear at the beginning of the show. And thanks to Jay Simpson for helping me edit. Until next week, find us on social media. I am Excuse My Beauty without the first D on Twitter. I am at Jimitra Says. Follow us. Favorite our stuff. Retweet. Thanks for being here, Luna. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs> Immigrants, we get the job done.